Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We've arrived at verse 31. Here comes a series of rapid-fire teachings, okay? We've seen Jesus teach about how if we even look lustfully, we've committed adultery in our hearts. We've seen Jesus tell us to cut out the things in our lives that cause us to stumble. And now this teaching was a punch in the gut to the original hearers because Jewish authorities had grotesquely contorted Deuteronomy 24.1. We'll read what Jesus has to say. We'll go back to Deuteronomy 24 and we'll see how profound this teaching really was. Here's Matthew chapter 5, verse 31. It was also said, he's quoting the Old Testament here, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in a case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. All right, so an atom bomb went off in the original hearers. You and I today have now clear New Testament clarification as per Jesus as to what constitutes a biblical divorce. The one proviso biblically is adultery, marital unfaithfulness. The original hearers had really abused Deuteronomy 24.1, which is what Jesus just quoted here, all right? This certificate of divorce was just something that was given to help verify that this woman was not uh, sinning, that she's legitimately divorced, if you will. But what grounds they used to justify divorce had gone wildly out of hand. Uh, some rabbis are ci uh, cited fading beauty as a rationale to divorce a woman. Having burned the man's dinner was used as a rationale for justifying divorce. Having just become displeased with his wife was a rationale for having, uh, for, for having divorced this woman and having left her with nothing. Here's what Deuteronomy 24 said, and here's how Jesus gives this proviso to give clarification. If a man marries a woman, but she becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, right there, that's the phrase in the original Hebrew that's never given an exact clarification until Jesus comes along something indecent about her, he may write her a certificate of divorce, hand it to her, and send her away from his house. All right, so this certificate of divorce was, was something that was given to prove that she was free to remarry. But the rationales became so petty that women were being stripped of their rights and they were being robbed, really. They, they, they would give their whole lives to a man faithfully and because she burned the dinner once, because her beauty was fading, right? She was, now, she was now kicked out of her own house and this was not right. So Jesus just dropped an atom bomb on a rabbinical teaching saying the only proviso is marital unfaithfulness. And then he goes on to say, anyone who, who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And this is to protect people from having unnecessary divorces. I am amazed at how often people underestimate what a marriage can survive and can get through. I mean, wow, like the reasons for, the reasons for divorce are, are quite petty. Quite often, uh, Ronald Reagan says the, the biggest regret of his life was signing the no-fault divorce into law because people just began to cite irreconcilable differences. Every husband and every wife have irreconcilable differences on some front in some way or another. I don't know how, how marriage works apart from the gospel to get you past all of those otherwise irreconcilable differences. 
My wife and I have a mediator in our relationship. That's the Holy Spirit of God. We've always been faithful to each other and we always will be. But even beyond that, having a good marriage is based on the gospel. I found that the greatest way I, especially as the husband, talking to you husbands and dads, the best thing I can do for my marriage is clean up my own heart. I mean, it's amazing. If I let sin creep in, it's gonna manifest itself somewhere in my house, somewhere in my family, and it's gonna be obvious in my marriage. And then I'm, I'm amazed at how then when I start cutting out things in my life that cause me to sin and start taking sin and uh, start, start taking repentance and holiness seriously, symptomatically, my marriage just gets better. It's not a guarantee. You have no control over your wife via your own walk with Christ, but it does absolutely help. So what I've, what I've seen is people who have a severely, uh, a severely weak view of marriage. Your marriage can endure way more than you can imagine. I've seen married couples go what the world would call way beyond the brink and then find beautiful, functional, healthy, thriving marriages that become lighthouses for other marriages. I've seen, I've seen couples who were both mutually abusive to one another come to be beautifully reconciled and then go on to like lead marriage seminars. It's absolutely phenomenal what the gospel will do for a marriage. So if you are married and you're, you're, you're right now, you're, you're trying to see if you have legal grounds biblically as it were, and you're trying to contort things to make it look like your spouse has committed adultery, right? Look, if they haven't committed adultery, what you need here is, is the gospel. What you need is the Holy Spirit to come and intervene, especially in the husband's heart, to rid his life of sin. It starts with him. Okay, wives, that doesn't mean that you're off the hook. It doesn't mean that you can just like sin rampantly. <laughs> like, of course not. You're a Christian too. So you repent too. You have the Holy Spirit too. But I find that it really begins with the husband's heart. And then God can bring about beautiful healing. We're Christians for crying out loud. The name of our church plant here is the Redemption Church. May there be redemption in your marriage. And if you're a young person who's called to be married one day, would you remember this? Man, there's gonna come a time shortly after the honeymoon when you and your new spouse are gonna have an argument. It's gonna be like a knockdown drag out that if you'd had it while you were dating or engaged, you'd have been like, deal's off. I'm not marrying this person. But guess what? Now you're hitched. <laughs> so what do you do? You reconcile like never before. Get ready to have a whole new definition for reconciliation and for forgiveness and grace and mercy. Marriage is going to stretch the bounds of what you thought was possible in a relationship and then you're gonna emerge on the other side of a dark season with a stronger bond that's been tested. My wife and I feel like we've been through, we've been through marital hell and back in some ways. When we buried our child, we thought, yeah, that's about as rough as it gets, you know? We've been through some other rough stuff too, but the rough chapters, they just add on to our marriage's resume. You know, they just become trophies on a case for our marriage. We survived that, we made it through that, we triumphed in the midst of that, you know? I wouldn't do them again, but I'm grateful for <laughs> those difficult seasons. And even if one spouse commits adultery on the other, I know, I mean, I've been able to be a part of church families across Pensacola and Orlando and Nashville and Seattle, and I know numerous couples who have experienced one party has committed, has committed acts of infidelity and they still reconcile. They, they, there's, not, there's not a requirement here that says like, you've got to divorce them. That says that's the one biblical proviso whereby it's permitted. And so man, May you be like some of those numerous couples who I've seen over the years have come back even from adultery 
it's not a requirement that you divorce. It's the one biblical per permission, but even that can be healed. I'm telling you, man, people really underestimate what marriage can go through. So when Jesus gave this to the original recipients, he just upended a pharisaical teaching. Watch for more of this. You've heard it said this, but I tell you that kind of structure, because that's going to carry us through a lot of this portion of the Sermon on the Mount.